All right, good evening. We are live. Yours truly, Dr. Barry. So I got I got my I got a little mic to try to help the sound out. You know, we try to we try to appease uh, all issues and concerns. So we got a mic this week. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. Thank you for joining all my late uh, viewers and those who may catch this on the replay, especially if you're on my YouTube page, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube page. Link in the bio, of course. Tonight, we are talking about COVID-19. More importantly, we're going to be talking about this recent report on whether it actually was leaked from a lab. And now, let me tell you, full disclosure, what typically occurs every time something COVID-19 related that may fit the story of uh, anti-vaxxers alike, I automatically start getting shared to me. Like it happens every single time. So that's why I say I don't even really have to keep up with COVID-19 news, especially, especially when it fits the anti-vaxxers agenda, because they let me know almost immediately. So what am I talking about? So this week, the U S department of energy released an assessment that said, Hey, based off the evidence that that's been out there. And I want to make sure I preference that right now, based on the evidence that's been out there, I give a, and I, I want to stress this, a low level of confidence that it may have came from the lab, a lab. I don't want to say the lab, a lab in China. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it means to have this low level of confidence why is the U.S. Department of Energy even commenting on it? And more importantly, is this something that we should be worried about? Like, is this like news that we should be in an uproar for? So quick cliff notes. Multiple intelligence agencies give their assessments on COVID-19 in regards to how we're doing in regards to origin right in regards to treatment course in regards to treatment plans multiple agencies do it so this isn't a new thing as far as an uh, a department saying hey you know what this is an assessment i have of covid 19. more importantly this isn't even the first assessment of a department a governmental department or just department in general organization saying hey based on the evidence that we find we think it's a possibility that it came from a lab in China. Now, if you've been, especially you've been following since the beginning, this has been a concern, right? When uh, Mr. Trump, right, was talking uh, in the beginning, that was his big stick. Like, oh, it came from a lab in China, Wuhan, China, it came from a lab, came from a lab. Now, the insinuation, right, the insinuation from some people, I don't want to say all people, because I don't want y'all hopping in my comments saying all oh, people. The insinuation was that it was released purposely. Like it was purposely released from said lab. Now, the report that came out this week didn't say anything about intent. It just says, hey, we think the origin of this COVID-19, this SARS-CoV-19 that we, we've deemed to be a, an issue, right? Obviously, if you've been around for the past three years, it's been an issue. We think the origin is from a lab rather than something that naturally occurred. 
because the theory initially was because of you know, the way viruses, the way just genetic mutations um, has spread and initially began in bats and somehow it jumped to humans. That was that was a forethought. That was a, a path that was being led. And of course, you've always had people who felt like, no, no, no. I'm not believing that it just randomly came from bats and jumped into humans. I think there are some experiments going down and a lab leaked it, right? So again, so we have our schools of thought as far as where we think this COVID-19 even came from. So we fast forward here, 2023, with no new information. Again, I want to stress this. No new information has came out on COVID-19. No new information has came out on what was going on in China at the time. No new information. The same information has been out there. But the Department of Energy says, hey, you know what? I think, like, with low confidence that the lab is our original source. And that got people in an uproar. That got people, again, sending me tweets and uh, DMs and tagging me in videos so they can know just in case I didn't catch it. So that they'll know, hey, Dr. Barry, you know all that stuff you was talking? Like, guess what? They found. Now, again, the U.S. Department of Energy is not the first agency to say, hey, we think it came from the lab. They're not even the first uh, department to say, hey, we give it a low level of confidence, meaning that if I was a betting person, I wouldn't even bet on this information because that's what the report said. Of course, unfortunately, when you see when you see the the headlines and everything else says, oh, my God, the U.S. Department of Energy says uh, COVID leak from a lab in China. Like that's all it says. It didn't, but when you go to reading, because it's always important to read. And I stress this, even people who watch me, even people who uh, follow me, anything I say, you should be going to fact check anyway. You should be like, Hey, I don't know about what Dr. Barry is saying here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go fact check what he just said. And they get, uh, and, uh, the, inf like, for example, I, I am getting this information. I don't know if you can even see this, uh, assessment COVID-19 leaked, uh, from, uh, China lab, Chinese lab is a minority view within Intel community. So this is an opinion that very few organizations even hold. More importantly, this is an opinion that the few organizations that do hold it, they don't even give it a strong level of, uh, like. Like I'm, I'm about to die on this hill that it came from lab. They don't even give it that. They're just saying based off what we see, like, yeah, it could be out there. So, so what, first of all, what should we do with this information? We have another organization, another government organization that's saying, Hey, it may have came from a lab. Like, what do we do with this? What are the questions that you may want to know? Right. Someone said in the comments, lawsuits, right? Someone says lawsuits. Right. Who are you going to sue? Like, so we, cause we have to follow this through. Like, let's say lawsuits is, is a path you want to go to. Cause you know, it came from a lab. You're going to sue, right? You got, again, you, one, you got to be able to, you got to be able to prove that it came there. Again, your government agencies are saying, nope, low confidence. I don't think so. I'm not impressed. I mean, you're going to, you, you definitely can't sue uh, the country of China, right? Like that's not going to happen. Right. Are you going to sue an individual, uh, you know, scientist out like, like, yeah, when, when you follow the path, what do you do with this type of information? And I, what I see, right. Especially what typically occurs with this type of information around COVID 
is that once something comes out that like this, is that those who have either been strong opponents of treatment mandates, of social distancing, of lockouts, those who've been on that side, they can't wait to run with this level of information because they feel like, all right, I got the big joker. Like, here's the big joker. I done told y'all it done came from a lab. Boom. Now what do you got to say? Because that's the question that that's the question that all of the mentions and tweets and that I've gotten have always that, that's what their like ending statement is. Well, what do you have to say about this, Dr. Barry? I've got nothing to say. I don't have nothing to say because it's not anything new. <laughs> right. <laughs> like and it's not anything of such concern that it's going to change what I need to do today in 2023. Someone said that the theory, in fact, uh, Coca-Licious, I like that name. We'll pin that. Uh, the theory became uh, racialized and everybody ran from it. That's a big, and that was always a big issue um, with uh, Mr. Trump. Was that because of that theory, right? And again, I'm not here to tell you that that was a terrible theory. Like, let me be yeah, completely honest. I'm not here to tell you that that was a terrible theory, but we just had better scientific evidence that led us on a different direction. But if you would have told me, hey, doc, I believe this came from a lab in China. I say, hey, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to like chastise you to the fullest. But well, what, what I will chastise you, what we have done a great job at chastising is when you turn that theory and make it seem like, all right, the people of China try to infect the world, right? And if the people, and they did it on purpose, right? And that's what I talk about intent. Like the people of China did this on purpose to us to lock the whole world down. Like I want us to, if, if we go through all of the steps, if we go through all of the steps, okay, let's, let's go through your theory. You think it, re it it released from a lab in China that they did it on purpose with the intent to shut the world down. What's the end goal? What is the end goal? What would be the end goal of that? Just like we were affected here. I mean, I'm in the United States. Just like us in the United States were affected by this lockdown. They were severely affected. In fact, they keep having lockdowns because with over there, they actually they they don't play about that. So they keep having lockdowns. So what is really like the end goal? And, um, oh, someone says, uh, I love the picture. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is actually, my wife got this picture for me. What is the, I think her name is Pink Omen. I don't know. I think she's an artist. I know she's out of Target. Um, I think she's, I think you can find it at Target or Home Goods. Target or Home Goods. So I appreciate the, appreciate the love about it. Um, someone said, less people in the world. Like the number of people that COVID right took out right let's just say took out right it's in the millions it's a lot of people yes it's a lot of people but in the overall like with the amount of people we got here it, it didn't even really do a blip like like yeah less than about 5 million yeah okay right but like in the overall scheme of things like what did that like that didn't help population control right that didn't uh, that didn't do much for us, right? In in the grand scheme, like world hunger is still an issue, right? Po pollution is still an issue. Like again, uh, again, because I'm I'm here for the theory, right? As a physician, 
I'm a scientist, right? I'm a public health professional as well, right? But I like to listen to other theories, right? Like I'm, I know that I know the anti-vaxxer folks think I hate them. I don't really, I don't really hate y'all. Um, I, I'm concerned that your train of thought leads you to actions that can harm yourself and more importantly, harm others. I, I get concerned about that, but I, your theories about why I always listen because I want to know because how can you have an actual discussion with people if you don't know what they're thinking? So I love, I love hearing what they're saying, but when they say something out of this world, which a lot of them do, like you got to be able to understand when I say, yeah, that's out of this world. You got to be able to take that level of criticism as well too. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, someone said uh, the people, uh, them and us have had, uh, let me see. Let me uh, highlight this. Uh, the people them and us had have nothing to do with all of that. Our governments, yes, believable. Again, I, I know there's a, there's a lot of what what I think, what I think, what I know, what I know, especially with this pandemic, is there are a lot. There's a lot of people who don't really trust the government. Like I just, I knew, I knew there's people. Yeah, you know, they dislike the government. I knew there's a lot of people who dislike the government. I'm black. Trust me. There's a lot of people who dislike the government. I was generally shocked by how many people like had no trust in them whatsoever, no trust in them whatsoever. And because they had no trust in the government whatsoever, they could be led to believe things like a certain government in a different country would purposely leak a virus to shut down the whole world. Like that wasn't very far fetched for them. Because their lack of trust for the government. Actually, uh, this week, if you're following me on my YouTube page, this week I actually talked about African American history and medicine and how it's been so intertwined. So when you think about how in medicine, right, especially from an African American standpoint, and I apologize for this tangent, but I, I'll get back to it. When you think about how and why there's this lack of trust, when you think about why. Um, African-Americans um, typically have worse mortality rates, have um, with any disease, uh, it's more severely affected, less treatment options, uh, won't and don't want to participate in research. When you think about that and you just think about the history and how medicine has treated that community, it makes sense. So because it makes sense, I, I, I can't feel like angry, right, when someone from that community says, hey, I don't trust medicine like me right i don't trust you you're in medicine i don't trust you right because you're with those people uh, and then the same thing happens right when you when you have uh, a, a lot of people right who don't trust the government don't trust what the government says um they, they're not going to want to lock down they're not going to want to social distance right they're not going to want to take vaccines right because in their eyes there's some ill intent associated with the government telling me to do so so i understand yeah, I trust me. I'm I'm right there with you, <laughs> in that regards. Uh, someone said, "Oh, did I get a shot?" Oh, yes, most in, most most deep. Um, uh, I got all shots, right? I got I, I was the as especially I'm a frontliner. For those who may not know, I'm an internal medicine physician. I'm a hospitalist physician, which means I take care of patients in the hospital setting and rehabs, kind of everywhere now. And I was, in fact, where the hospital I was, I was a person to diagnose our first COVID patient. So I've been dealing with COVID face-to-face -face since the beginning um, and dealing with patients of COVID and dealing with families and dealing with some of the after effects that we're kind of seeing now uh, across. 
so I've been, I have a very intimate relationship with COVID. Uh, in fact, my, I have family, like my intermediate family here, um, have all gotten COVID in one gesture or another during this pandemic. I somehow, some way, I don't know how, I do not know how I somehow have never been, uh, diagnosed with COVID, but literally my wife, all of my kids, all have gotten COVID. Of course, my wife blames me for giving them COVID, but when they tested me, I was all negative. So I don't know how that goes, but like, so I'm very intimate with COVID. Um, I've gotten all the shots. My family has gotten all the shots. I've gotten every booster. And whenever they tell me the booster is ready for me to go again, I'm going to go again uh, because I just believe in the science uh, uh, behind it. So, yeah, no, I'm def definitely um, team shot. Um, but again, I understand why you might not be team shot. All right. I understand there's a lot of people who can't get the shot. There's a lot of people who won't get the shot. And my, the people who can't get the shot, I don't, I, I don't, I don't talk about them. I talk for them. I say, Hey, you know, there's some people who cannot get this shot allergies, um, autoimmune issues. There's some people who can't get the shot. Why don't you get it to prevent them? Like I talk for them. Now the people who won't get the shot, let me hear why you won't get the shot. Cause if, if it's, um, if it's some, um, Oh, we don't know about this fashion. I kind of shut that down. That means absolutely nothing to me. Why? Cause like, for example, as I speak, I'm looking at my phone and it's broadcasting online. I don't even know where everyone who is watching me it is broadcasting online from the palm of my hands. I can, uh, write an email. I can make a phone call. I can make a video phone call. I can edit a video. I can edit an audio. I can edit a picture. I can fax. I can sign documents. I can do all that thing from the palm of my hand. So if I'm okay with stuff hand like that, why would I be shocked when it happens in medicine? Like I shouldn't be like, I'd be, I'd be a fool, right. To think that that's what happened in medicine. And I know a lot of people are definitely afraid uh, of the vaccines and the technology around the vaccines. Uh, just sit tight, y'all sit tight because what they're going to be able to do with uh, mRNA type technology, like if the COVID vaccine riled a lot of people up, I don't know. Ooh, I already know y'all going to go crazy. And I'm not even going to talk about that because y'all would, y'all, y'all go, y'all going to go uh, too wild. Um, oh, let me, this is a good question here. Uh, how about healthcare train of thought? Critical thinking went out the window. Yeah, no, I think what happens with, uh, the critical thinking aspect, especially with COVID, um, especially with kind of what COVID-19 and origins and vaccines and treatment is that you had this onus where experts, right? were talking and people weren't listening and you found quite often that an expert had to continue to explain and explain and explain, but you still had someone who had no subject matter, no expertise in the subject matter being like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, nah, doc, I don't, nah, scientists. Like I've been in clubhouse rooms. I've been in uh, Twitter, YouTube comments. Like if y'all check some of my comments, um, where people who have no clue, who have no clue, who have never had to uh, take care of a patient with COVID, deal with a patient with COVID, deal with families, deal, no clue whatsoever. Tell you how nah, COVID, COVID ain't all that. Like, like that's, that's that level of audacity that I've seen happen. And what's happened is that critical thinking in the general public 
has gotten so regimented that like they were only like I'm only gonna listen to certain people. And what certain people say, that's what I'm rocking with. And again, I, I tell this people all the time. Even people who follow me, whether you follow me on TikTok, you you, you watch my YouTube, you listen to the podcast, I say, hey, at the end of the day, uh, empower yourself for better health, right? Which means you got to take what I just said and say, you know what? Let me fact check Dr. Barry uh, because he may be talking crazy. Let me go confirm. Okay, boom. Dr. Barry said what he said. That Now that's confirmed. All right, now I'm going. But that that didn't that does not happen anymore and because it doesn't happen anymore because you can kind of type what you're looking for like if you typed is it COVID-19 didn't COVID-19 come from a lab you're going to find a lot of information that says yes COVID-19 came from lab didn't COVID-19 come from you know uh, natural selection and uh, jumping species you're going to find a lot of information to happen so it's going to be up to you to kind of figure out all right which information am i going to derive from and more importantly which experts am i going to listen to uh, so i so i think and for the general public i think that's been so confusing for the general public i think the messaging has been confusing for the general public and i think that's why you had so much distrust kind of sewn in um anytime we talk about covid uh oh doug shout out to doug here Doug says, uh, thank you, Dr. Pierre, for everything you do to educate the public. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let's see here. Want to make sure we don't miss your questions. Harry Washington said, get the jab. She wrote medical part time. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of work with that. Yeah, see. Oh, so Sunflower, right? So this is a good, this is a good point, right? So. Um, you you had some uh, my homegirls, uh, but she didn't get a shot. She said she saw more people die from a shot, right? When when you think about that, right? When you think about the number of people who have gotten the shot, right? It's a, it's in the billions, not like millions. It's literally in the billions. So for a small sample size, right? Like your homegirl, right, or just a friend, right, to see so many people of her ilk die from the shot and that not make the news like everything makes the news especially when it's bad against covid in the vaccine you think if i saw five people five five of my friends get the shot and somehow die after getting the shot that if i just tweeted it like oh my god five of my friends just died after getting the shot that would be viral immensely like the anti trust me the anti-vax groups would take that run it you'd be all you'd be on fox news Right, giving interviews, right? If that actually occurred, but usually that did, that it doesn't occur, um, especially because again, the 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 vaccine and safety um, has been shown over and over and over again. Like we're at the point, especially a lot a lot of my content creators, um, we don't we don't even really talk about safety concerns uh, with the vaccine, like because that is that topic is so far removed as far as a discussion point. Like we're all on um, like let's talk about long COVID, let's talk about like we're not even really talking about because like we've already proven that over and over and over again. And again, I, and that's why I always I always crush the numbers. Billions of people have gotten that COVID vaccine as I speak. Billions. So even if a sliver, let's say a sliver, let's say uh, half of one percent, that's a hundred million people. Let's say half of one percent of people died after getting that COVID vaccine. That means a hundred million people would have died from getting a COVID vaccine. You would have heard on the news if 100 million people died from getting that COVID vaccine. 
like that you would hear like that like that would happen like no we don't have to like we don't even have to like hypothesize if 100 million people died 10 million people died after getting a covid vaccine right you would it'd be everywhere right and but because that don't occur you should kind of know like okay uh maybe her sample size may be a little skewed and maybe what she may be interpreting as due to the shot is likely due from something else uh, here, here. Let's see. Um, oh, yes. Oh, oh, this is a great question, right? So, am I team mass? So, yes, I'm definitely uh, team mass here. And it, especially in places where I think it's still important. Like, I feel like if you're traveling, if you're on airplanes, you're on trains, you're on buses, team mass to the fullest. And again, and I want I want to I want to talk to my healthy people. I want to talk to the healthy people because I know I got a lot of y'all. Especially if you're still here, right? When we talk about surviving and dealing with COVID, and I again, I'm talking about the people who can't really protect themselves, who can't run the risk of getting COVID and just kind of getting over it. There's a lot of people who can't do that. There's some people, y'all young, y'all fresh, y'all vibrant, y'all work out every day, y'all eat great. So y'all think, all right, I can, I, if I get COVID, like I'll be out for a week or so, but I'm okay. But there's a lot of people who don't have that luxury. So when I'm team mass, I'm saying, hey, we got to be team mass because we got to protect them. We got to protect grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, who may have some immune conditions, right? Whose immune system's already weak, right? We got to protect those uh, people. But unfortunately, especially with team mass, especially with just COVID vaccine, the social distancing, everything else, um, I understand uh, that a lot of people are like, hey, like if I'm good, what's the problem? Because a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking outside of like, all right, like I need to kind of worry about them. So I think for sure, uh, team mass, if, if you're going into those like areas that are not really well ventilated, again, those airports, those airplanes, those buses. Now, I also understand that if you're going to the local pharmacy, you're going to like the clubs and all these. I, I understand that a lot of people are like, all right, man, I got to live my life and I don't think. Uh, life with a mask on is what I want to live. I'm gonna rock out, and you have to do that, right? You but you just have to understand the 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 pros and cons, right? You got to say, hey, I'm willing to take that risk, uh, not being without a mask, but I'm on, I want to go to the gym. Like I go to the gym, I don't wear a mask when I go to the gym, right? I don't do I'm I'm washed, right? So I don't go to clubs or anything. But like if I was going to the club, I'm not sure if I'd be wearing a mask when I go to the club. Uh, but like that's because I, I figure, all right. I done got vaccinated. I got double boosted. My whole family boosted. Um, can I protect myself? And do I have enough uh, onus to protect others who may not be able to protect myself, protect themselves from me, right? Like, and so I, I, you have to, you have to kind of wrestle with that. But I think it, it is an important, it is important concern because I, I, I think it's, you know the the mask, um, it, it does a wonders, right? And especially obviously, and you're going to hear a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't work for COVID. And yes, we know it doesn't work for COVID, but we know um, that it just it does help decrease respiratory related infections. Right. So this is we're in cold flu and COVID season as we speak. So if you can if you can decrease your opportunity to get cold flu or COVID. Right, and all you got to do is wear a mask when you go travel. All you got to do when you're going in a, a non a, not a place that's not really ventilated. Like, go ahead. I would rock out and do it. So, oh, this, oh, this is a good question here. So, um, Ace Speak says, I really hope people get the vaccine because I have long COVID 
please help protect me, right? So again, and I think that's for for our people, right? For our people, especially as a society, right? Like again, when I say our people, I'm talking about society in general. We there's so much discussion on how big COVID is, how strong COVID is. Is is COVID weak now? But when you talk to people who have gotten COVID and who have gotten quote unquote over COVID, but not really never got really over COVID because the COVID is done has been a lifelong issue or more importantly, a prolonged issue. Like those are the people like I'd be reaching out to and I'd be thinking about, uh, you know, when I'm passionate about like, Hey, you know what? Don't, don't listen to, you know, this BS here. Don't listen to that. Like, yes, COVID is still real. Yes. We still need to be serious about COVID because as, as we continue to move, cause again, I know the whole country right here in the United States, this whole country is kind of moved, kind of passive. Like, all right, like that pandemic, that was that. We ready to live our life. Understand that you have a lot of people who are living a new life with COVID. Like COVID is not going anywhere, has not 100% healed them. And now they got to adjust to that new life as well. So I, I think it's definitely important to really understand that when we're talking, especially when, I, when I'm talking about uh, a patient of high blood pressure, uh, when I'm talking about educating with diabetes, when I'm talking about educating with cholesterol, I, I'm talking not because I have it. I'm just like, hey, I know there are people who have it and who may need this education. Same thing with COVID. When we're talking about protecting ourselves from COVID, protecting others from COVID, it's because, hey, there may be other people who can't get the treatment that I have to offer, right? And, uh, oh, someone said my mic is going out. It might be because I have it like right here, but I can, I can always, um, I can always take it. I can always disconnect it. And y'all, y'all should be able to hear me. Let me know if that, that works for me. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is a good point. mRNA vaccines for cancer would be amazing, but deniers would, uh, would take it, uh, or, or be first in line. It, you see, uh, the, uh, the, say it ain't wrong. Like that's, that's the stuff I don't even, I don't even, if you do some reading on what mRNA vaccines and some of the studies that they plan on doing with mRNA vaccines, like as, as a scientist, as a health professional, you get excited, but as a public health person and person who obviously has been through this pandemic and saw with just introducing a COVID vaccine with that type of technology, when they start talking about some of the diseases that they want to treat with mRNA technology, oh, it's going to, it's going to be billboards. It's going to be protests everywhere. Um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. Cause cancers, cancer's there. HIV is there. Like there's some things that are going to, going to rock a lot of people's way of thinking of what someone in medicine can treat. Oh, this is a very good question. Uh, if you are vaccinated, should you be unvaccinated people unmasked? So this is a good question. If you are vaccinated, the question uh, has like, should I be around an unvaccinated person? One, like, will you know if the person is unvaccinated, right? Like, let's say, let's say you happen to know, yes, that person also is unvaccinated. Now, if the question is, the question may be who should be wearing a mask, right? If, if you are vaccinated and a person is unvaccinated and there's only one mask in the room and you're saying, Hey, Dr. Barry, which one of us should be wearing this mask? Then the answer is going to be the unvaccinated person, which again is a, for the school of thought, especially when I talk to 
people who are unvaccinated, they think it should be the other way around. Unvaccinated people feel like, all right, if you're vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask to protect me. Like, no, 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 it doesn't. No, that's not the way it works. The way it works is that because you are unvaccinated, you have a higher risk of not only getting said disease, but you have a higher risk of having that disease replicate in you, right? To the point where it can maybe spread and get back to me. So I kind of, I, you should be wearing that mask. Uh, we'll wear the anything, but like, should you, should someone be wearing a mask? Yeah. But I, again, I, I think especially in this day and age year, 2023, that population of vaccinated versus unvaccinated, it's, it's mixed so much that you're never going to really know like who's va- unvaccinated, who's vaccinated. You, you're just going to have to kind of, again, that's where we talk about those risks, right? You just had to assume like, all right, is am I, is there a concern that that person over there may get me sick with COVID? Right. Is that person a high risk of getting me sick with COVID? I tell my friends all the time, like I have friends who aren't in the healthcare fields. So they don't necessarily uh, interact with patients with COVID on a daily basis. I interact with patients with COVID every single time I go to work. Every single time I go to work, I got to wear an N95 mask or something because someone someone I'm taking care of happens to have COVID. So that, that's the reality that I live in. They don't li- necessarily live in that reality where they're taking care or they're dealing with a patient who has active COVID. So I always tell my friends like, hey, yeah, you should be worried about me, right? Like like I, I may be a harbinger in bringing that virus to you. Uh, and in doing so, that's that's a concern that you should have uh, more than anything. Allison. So uh, and so we have, it looks like we have a couple, a couple uh, uh, long COVID uh, uh, December 19, COVID-19 uh, almost took me out. No one knew what it was. I'm still suffering from the effects. And that, that is, that is two points, two points, right. That I want to talk about. Cause uh, for those who may know, when we start, when we first diagnosed COVID-19, it was like, I think February, March, uh, when we first diagnosed COVID-19 here in this country. And I always tell people like there were, there were a few patients in that November, December, January timeframe where we were we were treating them for a pneumonia, throwing the antibiotics, throwing everything under the sun, and it just wasn't working. We could not understand why it wasn't working. And then when you fast forward three months later, boom, we have COVID nineteen, and you look back and you're like, wow, I wonder if that person had COVID. It was a possibility. So I believe you. I believe that, especially in that November December time frame, a lot of people were out here walking around with COVID and. A lot of a lot of healthcare providers were taking p- care of patients with respiratory related issues that was likely due to COVID, but because we didn't have the testing for it, we just didn't know. Um, so I, I definitely agree, and especially if you got COVID early, um, I, I know a lot of people who still wear uh, the same illnesses uh, illnesses from from that standpoint. There. Oh, sir. Make sure we will make sure we don't miss any questions. So, oh, uh, I ain't do it. Says CDC uh, says masks are ineffective. Yeah, no, I'm not sure where that. I'm, uh, you know, and, and again, this is probably again, this is pro- this goes along the lines of our uh, our vaccine safe, right? Like there are so many, so many studies that talk about how effective masks are, right, in reducing transmission. Again, 
is it 100%? Like if you say ineffective, is your is your percentage like 100%? Like, oh, the masks don't work 100% of the time? Okay. All right, you got us. Uh, but to say they're ineffective uh, is just intellectually incorrect, right? It's just, it's just, that's just not, like, that's just not it, right? That's just not the case. Oh, Leela, hi, Leela. So, uh, shout out to, uh, let, me, let me highlight her. Uh, safety is a given for sure, right? So, uh, she's a great follow. Make sure you follow her. T shout out to Team uh, Public Health. What's that? Uh, right now, uh, so someone asked, are uh, any questions allowed or any specific ones? Right now, we're just talking about COVID. Um, we're talking about the recent news from uh, the U.S. Department of Energy that gives a low level of confidence on the fact that it might have come from a lab, right? Low level of confidence. Like, yeah, they're not, they're not even putting all of their chips in the bag. They're just saying, hey, you know what? COVID come from lab? Eh, that's a possibility. Like that's that's essentially what they said. Um, but unfortunately, the anti-vaxxers have taken that and, and ran with it uh, for sure. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I love this. Uh, let's see it. Lila says, uh, "Obscure right-wing TikTokers do not count as the news," and that that is so true. That is so true. But when when I when I first got on TikTok. My biggest issue was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to just kind of deal with just this level of misinformation and disinformation that's out there because uh, I think it's kind of running rampant. And I didn't realize how significant it was, right, until you get on like the wrong side of TikTok. Y'all know how TikTok algorithms work. And if you get on the wrong side of that TikTok algorithm and you just start seeing nothing but propaganda, 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 anti-COVID this, anti-vax that, you just, I'm like, what is happening here? Um but there's when you look, I always look at the comments. Like I'll see a video, say, "Huh, I wonder what people are thinking about." And then I look at the comments, and the amount of people who are running to the comments, like, "Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I told you so. Yes, I like I had ten cousins who died from it." Right? It's it, it, it's it's scary uh, to say the least. Uh, oh, so this is this is a good question right here, right? And CDC says natural immunity is better than protection uh, than the vax, right? So. I actually did a video on this a while ago. Like I'd have to, I got to dig up that video. Um, let's just, let's just, let's just think about this, right? Let's just think about the process of having to get natural immunity. What you're saying is I want to get the disease, deal with all of the effects from the disease. Hopefully I don't end up like a lot of the people who are in the comments and people across the world with long COVID related symptoms then get the vaccine, right? Like, so that, that is the train of thought when people are arguing natural immunity versus getting the vaccine. Like let's, yeah, let's think of a disease, HIV. I want to deal with the natural immunity of getting HIV then getting a vaccine that will protect me from ever getting it. Like no one would ever choose getting HIV and getting natural immunity from it than a vaccine that would protect you from it. But you have people who are really championing that, like, nah, get the disease, get said disease, because that immune system reaction is going to be much better than you to vax, right? And just, it's just, it's just, again, it's just incorrect. Now, what their train of thought is, is that, hey, let's say I do pick up COVID. The antibodies that I get from COVID 
are going to be better than antibodies that I'll get from getting the vaccine. Now, let's now let's now let's kind of walk this through. Now, are there studies that show that you will get antibodies after getting COVID? Yes. Are there studies that show you get the antibodies from getting a vaccine? Yes, again. But when we start looking at further duration in terms of, all right, two weeks out, one month out, six months out, who still has the higher level of antibodies? It's always the vax group. So, yes, maybe in the initial run, you may have a higher concentration of antibodies than the vaccine-related group. But in the long run, that antibodies wanes as time goes by. And what we've seen and what those studies have shown that as those who were who got the natural immunization, that they were able, their reinfection rates were much higher. Why? Because their antibody levels dropped enough where COVID was able to come right back again and hit them. But again, I don't want you guys to get the disease, deal with the effects of disease, cross your heart and hope, right, that you don't, that one, you don't die, and two, that you don't deal with any lingering effects after it's long and gone, even though it never goes away. I don't want you to have to go down that road. I just want you to take a vaccine that says, hey, if I take this vaccine, I'm going to significantly improve my chances so that if I do get COVID-19, that the uh, rate of uh, progression isn't as severe and if the rate as per progression isn't as severe guess what i can fight it better and not necessarily have to deal with the long-term effects right that's always my uh, my, my my thoughts on the natural immunity versus um a vax root right because again why would you you don't you don't want that disease right um oh some of the are you questions live or specific oh i think we already answered that question uh, in that regards uh let's see here well, why why are your doctors at Yale Hospital apologizing to you? As someone says, the AP professor doesn't believe in a vaccine. <laughs> like, so let's think about this. Like, when they say they don't believe in the vaccine, like, again, I'm like I said, and the reason why these questions, you know, these questions aren't even uh, like gotcha questions anymore, is because so many people kind of have that same train of thought that like. A lot of us have answered this question. Like I follow some great uh, content creators on here. Um, Laughter and Light, Neighborhood Virologist, um, uh, Dr. Ruben, right? I saw some great ones, right? And and that's just on TikTok. I follow a lot on Clubhouse. I follow a lot on uh, YouTube, right? So we get the same questions. So when, when you hear someone buzz word with the, I don't believe in a vaccine, what is it that they don't actually believe in? They Do, do they not believe in the the mRNA vaccines are only from Pfizer and Moderna, right? Johnson and Johnson is a vector vaccine. That's a, that's an old school um, type, uh, old school um, type of vaccine, right? Like, do they not also believe in the one type of vaccine remedy that we used to always do? Like when they say they don't believe, um, it's usually like, all right, we're not trying to hear you. <laughs> no. Oh yes, yeah, and this is this is a good thing. So let me let me uh, comment this right. So because this is a train of thought for a lot of my uh, content creators, especially in the public health field, uh, the science field, the uh, the educational space, right? That the comments that you'll get whenever you talk about COVID uh, will scare you, and will 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 get you frustrated, right? And will have you feeling like, man, 
I'm not going to be able to necessarily help this person here, but more importantly, this person is likely going to get someone else infected, right? This person is likely to get someone else infected, right? Like, like that's how I get some of the most, like I, I, I send some comments to uh, my friends and they're like, Oh my God, what do you, like, how do you deal with it? And you just have a, you have to have a thick skin um, and understand that a lot of it uh, is just bias. A lot of it is rhetoric. A lot of it is just a train of thought um, that is anti-science, anti-intellectual. Um, that unfortunately doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this, I think this is the best thing to do, right? So this, I, I, I like I like this comment here because it touches on a few things. Um, everyone's going to have a comment about COVID. Just do what's best for you, right? So this crux of, especially here in this country, uh, how we have typically dealt with COVID. Is that like, hey, I'm going to just do what's good for me, right? Do what's best for you, right? Like that's kind of like the train of thought. And the way we typically, especially in the public health field, science field, the way we typically combat that is we say, okay, that's cool, right? That like, let's say, and again, I'm talking, let's say I'm talking to a person who's say, you know what? I'm not social distancing. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not getting vaccinated. Okay. That's cool that you're going to do what's best for you, right? But the problem is, is that what's, the best in your eyes could be detrimental for me. So I have to care about what you think is best for you. So if what you think is best for you is detrimental for me and my family, like I'm a, I'm gonna have, I got some, I got some concerns about what you think is best for you. Right. Like, and, and, and that's, and that again, that's the argument that you see a lot of people have, right? Like they want, right. They want to have, um, you know, a discussion where I say, well, why can't I just do what I want to do? And unfortunately, COVID right, and diseases like COVID don't don't allow you that flexibility to just do what you want to do, right? Because if you just do what you want to do, then other people can suffer. Like if if we could somehow, like if we could somehow make it so that by you doing what you want to do, you are the only person who gets affected with COVID and no one else gets infected with COVID. Then we'd be like, oh, you know, they didn't make a personal choice. They made a personal choice. Who are we to argue with their personal choice? The problem is, is when you have an infectious disease uh, that's spread through respiratory related droplets that affects uh, communities uh, worldwide, right? Like we got to kind of, we got to kind of understand and think about like, all right, how does it affect others as well? And then I think COVID was probably the first COVID was not the first, but COVID was definitely an eye-opening experience for a lot of healthcare professionals because they, they just assumed that if you said, Hey, you know, there's this respiratory virus outside and we don't really know how to treat it right now. We think that if you just social distance and maybe don't go out or maybe just wear your mask, uh, until we kind of get a handle of it, we'll be okay. I don't think many of us expected backlash from that. Like, I don't think many of us expected people to be like, no, what you mean? I got to stay in my house. What you mean? I got to do this. Like, no, no, you can't tell me what, like, I don't think many of us expected that. And it was very, it was very evident. Right. And I, I, I posted a, a story today, this morning, I was coming from the gym and I was, you know, I'm in the gym and I just noticed that now because of monkey pox, a lot of y'all are wiping down your machine stations before and after like y'all just like 
to the point where like, I'm pretty sure these gyms are spending so much more money on, uh, that, whatever the cleaner is, right? Whatever that cleaner is, I'm pretty sure they're spending so much money, right? Because you had, you had a disease that not only could you get that disease, but you can't walk around here and hide like you don't have it because you were having disfigurement and you were itching, you were burning. You couldn't hide that. So a lot of y'all, because trust me, a lot of people were in my comments. A lot of y'all were very deathly afraid of the monkeypox. Not only were y'all afraid of the monkeypox, y'all were running. Y'all were saying, hey, when can we get a monkeypox vaccine? Like I was, it was a state of shock. But you have COVID, yeah, you can have COVID. Maybe you have a little cough. Maybe you don't have a cough. Maybe you have some muscle aches. Maybe you don't have it. And because you can kind of walk around the general public, it's like, all right, like, I'm cool with that. Like, nah, like, I'm safe. Everything's safe. I'm I'm healthy. I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm cool with that, right? So it was definitely interesting, definitely interesting dynamic watching the response people had for the monkeypox outbreak and the disfigurement that followed with the monkeypox outbreak versus how they treated uh the COVID-19 pandemic and outbreak right very uh very very interesting in that standpoint uh let me see here uh, uh because no one's gonna win this conversation me I'm open-minded I like to be happy with believe it oh, yeah I don't yeah I don't think this is gonna be a because because one right I don't think this is a conversation that um people are trying to wit right in, in regards to like if I say one plus one equals two I'm not necessarily having a conversation, right? Like I'm not having a conversation about one plus one equaling two, one plus one equals two, right? So if, if you think about it in that sense, like there's a lot of people who want to argue, there's a lot of people who want to debate, but I think if you operate in a, a level of just kind of like, Hey, I'm just operating from the facts and the position that I'm in, right? Like, like there's, there's no real point for me to, to kind of have a conversation with. Um, someone says I was terrified with COVID. My sorority sister ended up, uh, oh, let me, uh, highlight this. Um, uh, terrified with COVID sources ended up on a ventilator, both in our thirties. Yeah, it's, and again, and I wish, trust me, I wish in 2023, I could tell you who are the people who are going to get COVID and going to get severely ill versus the people who are going to get it and just have a cough. Right? Like, trust me, scientists, we're still looking, we're trying to find that answer, right? We're, we, we want to do it. Right. It's, it's just, it's, we don't know. And because I can't definitively say, you know, whether you're taking this medication versus that medication, um, you'll be fine. Or whether you, know, you wear your mask or you don't match, you'll be fine. We have to kind of talk in kind of general, um, general ease, right? Because we know that I could, you can't have that one person who is healthy, fit, whatever. And they end up on a ventilator and another person like, doesn't feel like nothing happened to them right so it is definitely uh definitely a tough situation so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm glad definitely glad she's doing well no really stand for it yeah no 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 yeah so so far we we're here to we're here, we're here to con have conversations um because again covid ain't going nowhere it's not um and it's just one of those things where you especially especially when i talk right when i talk again I, obviously i'm african-american um and uh, my community is african-american um they don't, they don't like medicine. They don't trust medicine. So I have to come from a position of, Hey, I know the community I'm talking to already don't, they already don't trust me anyways. Right. In that sense. Um, yeah. So I got to figure out, all right, why don't they trust me? 
how can I educate them? How can I earn their level of trust? So when I say, hey, these are my recommendations that they want to follow, because you're not going to follow any recommendations of a person uh, and offer of an institution you don't actually trust. Uh, and again, and so for, like I said, I literally just I did a whole YouTube video on it just this week. It's on my YouTube. Go follow the YouTube. And in fact, uh, those who may catch this uh, live late, um, I will post this on my YouTube uh, tomorrow uh, for you guys. Right. Um, right. Uh, let's say share a uh, little stroke since COVID shots. Um, uh, as one of those, as, as one of our uh, uh, that that was another issue too, right? Where people were concerned that uh, COVID vaccine shots uh, were causing strokes, right? And then of course, right, the physician in me said, "All right, which COVID vaccine did you get? Right? Was it an mRNA vaccine? Um, when did you get strokes? What is your history? All of these questions that we typically have to um, uh, ask." Uh, that to try to figure out like, all right, did the COVID vaccine cause it or were you already um, high risk for getting these types of uh, strokes or, or seizures or anything in that regard? So, all right. So I'm about to head out. We're about to, we're, we're here at the hour mark. Um, I appreciate, I love the discussion. All right, love discussion. Uh, thank you. Uh, make sure I get your name. Uh, Sunflower, Sunflower28. Uh, thank you for joining the discussion. Leo, thank you for joining the discussion as well. Um, much, much appreciated. Much lively discussion. We do this every Thursday evening. Again, we just kind of, we just kind of, usually we kind of freestyle the topic. Usually something big happens. And I said, all right, I'm going to talk about that Thursday evening. That's usually how this kind of uh, goes down. So um, we are here again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Everyone follow, follow along, follow along uh, for the next one. Um, Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. Um, and we'll, like I said, I'm going to be posting some clips on our on the video I did about the African American uh, in medicine history, so y'all can uh, follow along. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Y'all be blessed. Y'all have a great night.